Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Two Guys Talking Craft podcast. Uh, I am Adam Coots uh, from Scotland, and I am Jared Kilner from America. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Uh, and uh, every two weeks, we meet up to discuss a variety of acting techniques. And this week is our first ever week, Jared. We were diving into the world of some specific acting books by some acting practitioners, right? How are you feeling? Are you excited? Yeah, yeah. I love the suggestion of diving into a text, sharing our thoughts and feelings and insights and ideas about what we read how it applies to us. And I'm actually looking forward to uh, disagreeing and finding out why we disagree um, with each other and with the stuff in the book. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Totally, totally. And, and I think this all stems from our love of the journey that, that we're on as actors, that we believe that actors should be on, right? That it shouldn't be just for the actor about outcomes and about it being you know gearing towards that next job or getting the agent that this is a whole life journey a whole process that you're on the learning never stops really and we love that learning journey that's how we connected originally right and then um, we want to take some other people on that learning journey with us as well as we go yeah most definitely yeah you're right it's it's about the journey it's about the process it's not about the result there's a um tim phillips wrote a, a book um and it's all around auditioning for your career not for the job Right. It's not about the one specific thing. It's about the overall journey. Exactly. And, and you never know, right, when this bank of skills you're acquiring, these techniques, these ideas are going to come in useful. And it, and it is just well, well worth uh, embracing it, right? And then embracing sort of being on that journey. And um, we welcome you if you're joining us for the first time on this learning journey as we go on it together. So, Jared. Is there a, uh, Adam, is there a... Uh a colloquial uh, way of saying welcome, good to see you in Scotland? Uh, to be specific to my area of Scotland, and it's very colloquial and specific, Yes, say, fit like Aberdeen. Oh, fit oh, like oh, oh. Fit like. That's correct, yes. That would mean, uh, what's happening, everyone? How are you doing? Fit like. I mean, yeah, so if I'm in Aberdeen and I walk around, I say fit like, fit like. Yes. That would be a very welcoming phrase. It sounds quite aggressive. It sounds like somebody might want to have a fight with you from it. But no, believe it or not, that's a same hello in a very friendly way. All right. Well, well then, good like everybody. In New Jersey, are we just are we just welcome? Are we hello? How you doing? <laughs> of course, of course. And any other welcome that you like from around the world. Um, but we welcome you. So, Jared, what is the book we're diving into today? Oh. What do we go? It's a lovely white cover with a lovely blue and red sort of target here. What? what yeah. Is so uh, Declan Donnellan, the actor and the target. Fantastic. And, and quite a, you know, a well-known, um, I'd, I'd say quite, quite famous acting book, right? The, the ideas in this are, are quite often uh, discussed. Um, and it does it tend to be one that, that, that people sort of, we'll make reference to or, or certainly people I've spoke to in the in the past as well. Yeah. C clearly he knows what he's talking about. Clearly he's much more articulate than me. Clearly he has much more experience than me. Um, I think we, you know, you and I, we've, 
we're we're looking at chapters like the intro and the chapters one through four and we'll talk about what's jumped out at us um so yeah i'm looking i'm looking forward to it looking forward to, to diving in um and i think that's it we're, we're picking apart sort of key learning points but the ideas alone and the the sort <laughs> of um just mere pointing out of interesting sort of concepts that he might be uh, picking out are, are fairly useless on its own, I guess. I guess what we're what we really want to dive into and look at as well is how do we make these things actionable or is this things that we've experienced from our past that we can learn from to, to make a change, right? Because ideas on their own, they can, they can yeah, not, not be hugely applicable, but we're looking at the application as we go through this as well. Um, so yeah, as Jared said, we're going to be breaking this apart kind of chapter by chapter up to chapter four um and yeah i thought it was a very interesting intro i i, I know it's slightly out with the the chapters we were looking at but this this intro really sets up acting kind of in a way i i've never heard it described before that he, he says that um uh, acting is a bit of a mystery that we know of no place where it doesn't happen in society in any place in the world and he goes on to to argue and I think we need this 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 sentence in these times, this this these very uncertain times. We're recording this podcast in November 2020, um, and the theatre industry and the acting industry is in a very uncertain place right now. And he says that theatre cannot die before the last dream has been dreamt, and that does give a little bit of hope, right? For <laughs> yeah, I'd like that one. I also like that uh, talking about acting that it's not second nature; it's first nature. Hmm. But it's just inherent in all of us. He even argues, right, that we, we do it from babies. That we start performing as as babies, and he, he uses the example, yeah, of the peekaboo game that, that we're engaging in some kind of act, some kind of uh, you know story yeah. of imagination through that peekaboo. And it's, I, I guess, it's not something I, I hugely thought of that it's inherent. I, I've always thought that we have as human beings a hugely um, articulate radar for reading into people's behaviors. Like that just seems to be a, you know, an instinct that we have possibly based on some survival, really. But I, I never thought of it in those terms. I've got to say. Yeah, not, neither did I. I, I appreciated that. Uh, I also I wrote down um, four caveats uh, to to preface my my thoughts as we go through this. Uh, the first one is I haven't read the whole book. Mm. I read the the I read the book years ago, so I haven't read the whole book recently enough to be able to articulate my thoughts and feelings about it. So, it. Any, any, I think any comments that I make about it are just based upon my limited, you know, read of up through chapter four. Um, I also say that I know that I, I personally learn better up on my feet in a class doing, not from a book. Yeah. Um, so I, I struggle sometimes with learning from a book. Um, I mentioned this before, you know, it, it's clear that, you know, he, this is, this is a, um, a man with experience and insight and, and expertise. And so I look forward to, you know, reading and learning from him. But there were a number of times in the first four chapters, and this is, you know, part of my caveats about, you know, upcoming comments, that uh, I, I'm not drawn to absolutes. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are a lot of times in what I read uh, thus far, and I'll give some examples as we go, where there are statements like never or always or only. Mm. And I found that me personally, I, I've, uh, I've hit some walls when I um, fall victim to the dogma of one technique, one discipline. Mm. And so my, my natural instinct when I read 
comments about um, the only way to do this or never do this or this never happens or this always or like those those absolutes pierce me in a way that uh, push me away as opposed to pull me in. So at, when I share some of these struggles that I was having, I, I, I'm hoping you can shed some light on how they may have affected you differently to help me get past that. It's strange that you mentioned that, and, and I'm exactly in the same place. I'd, I'd read this a number of years ago. It, it, it did have an impact on me in terms of the ideas, and it's, it's tend to be yeah. the ideas from it that stay with me. I am surprised on a reread, yeah, that there are some, some absolutes there. And, and I think it's worth picking apart there, Jared. We, we've often spoke about this together. Yeah. What, you know, diving a little deeper as to what the issues might be with having an absolute and that this is the way to do things, like... Um, and I know we have a similar philosophy on that. Like, what, what do you feel in terms of having one way, one set way of doing things? Why is that problematic? Yeah, because the thing that once worked for you on Monday may not function for you on Tuesday and Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And if you only have one path, one method, one solution to the problem, and it's just not available for you on that night, you're, you have a block in terms of your ability to do your job for that audience you know, in that performance. And so mm. if it's an absolute, if there's only one way to do it, well, what do you then do? Mm -hmm. If in that performance, that thing that was piercing you in a way that affected your body just isn't doing it to you, uh, what do you do? If you don't have another path through that text to bring the character, the emotions, the circumstances, the relationship to life, truthfully and authentically in another way, then really you're just going to be phoning it in or doing some representational acting that is going to underwhelm the audience and make you feel like, you know, like you did poor work. Yeah, 100%. And, and I'd like to, like when I was reading this, I mean, he is, you're right, incredibly articulate and in expressing his ideas in this book. I think it is well, well worth a read for anybody that is uh, curious about it. I like to think because he goes quite big with personality in this, you know, and, and he's not here to defend himself. He's not here to defend like the, the purpose of uh, where, where this book has, has sort of stemmed from, why he was doing it. But it feels like he's stating a case and it feels like he's, he's saying some maybe things that um, slightly go against the grain as to how actors tend to think, you know, as to how to, uh, actors tend to approach things. And it feels like he's almost laying out his case a bit like a lawyer in places. Like, uh, the, I, I want to keep you on side with my point here. You know, like, um, he, I know he runs his own theatre company. He runs Cheek by Jowl and stuff like that. And I don't know. I don't know if he does work in those absolutes and if he's completely, completely faithful to what's going on in this, this book in an actual rehearsal room. Is he open to other techniques? Like, I, I don't know that, but... I, I find that there's moments here that are really, really tongue in cheek as well. The examples that he gives, they become quite larger than life in some moments. Like there's even a devil uh, talking to the actor at some point and things like that. Yeah. And I, I like to think anyway, because I am totally, totally suspicious as well of anybody that tells you there's one set way of doing things. I'd like to think that this is Declan Donlan, the writer, sort of uh, push, pushing his ideas across mm. in quite an absolute way that he wants this whole actor and the target idea to, to land for the, the, the reader. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know for, yeah. for sure, but that, that was the lens I was sort of picking it up on anyway. But, um, but yeah, um, so he, he states quite a case for acting in the world. You know, it's not just this, uh, 
thing that, that, that some people do. He's literally enveloping everyone from the very, very start. The whole world are actors. And it just so happens some people maybe know it more than others, right? <laughs> is the, is the, 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 the sort of case he argues in that intro. Um, I thought it was rather interesting. He does mention something about acting not being able to be taught, that it's a, a reflex. It's a mechanism for development yeah. and survival. I, I highlighted that one down as well, and, and I, I took issue with it, right? It, it says, it, in fact, all, all we can be taught about acting are double negatives, right? It, um, that acting can't be taught. And I'm like, well, that's my life's work, <laughs> you know? Um, and that there was another statement about acting is an art, and acting is an art, but acting is also a craft. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's not all or nothing, and so... There, there are tools and processes and techniques and systems that can be taught that once acquired can help the actor develop their ability to tell that story. So yeah, I, like I'm, I'm curious if later on in the book, we sort of like hear, hear why there are some of these definitive um, statements. In mm -hmm. fact, all we can be taught about acting are double negatives. Mm -hmm. I, I wanna understand that much better. Yeah, and I th I, th I think he does sort of say at the end there. By the end of this book, this this will make sense. Or there's something yeah. along those lines. So, mm -hmm. hey, we'll go on the journey with you, Declan. We'll give you the time of day on yeah. that and see. And then we can look back at this, and we can both go, "Oh, I wish I understood that." You oh, know, let's what, del let's delete that first conversation. What what we I, <laughs> I sort of expect that you know, as we go through the journey, we're going to have. I don't know, like our wall is going to go up, our guard is going to go up. We're saying, prove it. Don't just yeah. tell me, prove it. And I disagree with it, but I don't, I don't feel like I have a, I don't have all the pieces of the puzzle to make uh, an informed decision yet. I think there's a lot of provocations here. I think there's a lot of probably deliberate on his part. Like I'd like to think, as I say, it's been a while since I've read it, deliberate provocations to make you sit up and be like, what, what, what you know, like some of the things that's being said here, yeah, that'd be backed up. This better be. <laughs> let, let me pose a question to you. So, in in the intro, he's got under emotion and truth on on page four. He says, "But we never fully tell the truth about what we feel, right? But we, but we can never. Sorry, yeah. But we can never fully tell the truth about what we feel. Mm -hmm. Like again, I don't I don't know that to be true with me. There. Are, especially in my Meisner training, right? Uh, I know that there are moments where I am being 100% open, uh, affectable, affected, and sharing my truth. So how is it that, but we can never fully tell the truth about what we feel? W why not? Mm -hmm. what's, what's your thought on that? So it's, it's quite interesting in that I'm, I'm, I'm probably gonna answer that with a question because the note I took about the truth, like, I don't know if it comes in the same sort of spot in the book. I thought, I thought it was a really, really interesting point was the, this question that he raised of like, what are we being truthful to as actors? And, he, and then he, he stems off in several points, right? He says, are we being truthful to the real us? Are we being truthful to the others that's around us? Or are we being truthful to what we, what we feel, you know? Um, and do I feel I've been in situations where I've been truthful as an actor? Like, I'd like to think so, like, like in terms of I've been completely lost in the moment, like um, I've kind of given myself over to the other actors and I've, I've been genuinely affected by them. I've been genuinely moved by these other actors that I'm yeah. performing with. Like, have I ever fully defined like 
what am I being truthful to as an actor? Like, I, I, I don't think I have because like, to me, it's a very transient sort of thing. Like that, that can shift from literally moment to, to moment really. Like, you know, if, if you're really being open, you're really being vulnerable. Yeah. Um, like it can't, it can't really be defined. You know, like you can't really define like, this is the place where the truth's coming from in this moment. It's just a feeling that, that you know, we have. And remind me of the, the exact phrase you picked out from the book there, it was. It says, but we can never fully tell the truth about what we feel. So I, I, to me, I, I mean, am I, am I saying that he's saying there, you can't be truthful as an actor? I, I, I think what he's saying is, can we articulate the, the truth that we're feeling? Can, can we truly, you know, say, like, what, once we've been in, in a scene with, with somebody, once we've been in a scene with another actor, can we come out of that and truly, like, speak of the, the experience that we just went through? We, we kind of feel it, right? Like, that we feel it moment to moment, but, like, we're maybe not able to put that into words. Does that make sense? I think so. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of um, theory that, I don't know, like, I, I think I'll, I'll get it in my head and, and understand it. I may not agree with it, but I'll understand it. But until I take this, the tools that will eventually come in the other chapters and get it up on its feet and play around with it and like feel it in my body, It'll just be info, you know, it's just stuff that I, you know, that I know that I think about, but not that I can actually know and yeah. use. So, like, I, and I, I, I think, this up and, and put it into work. I think there's a fabulous uh, chance, Jared, to, for you to share your, your candle analogy that, that you, you've shared before. I, th I think that like, that is a really sort of nice yeah, thing but, about, you know, the, the difference between intellectualize, intellectually yeah. understanding something and actually understanding it, so. Yeah, that's I was sort of alluding to that. Like there's a, a ball of wax on top of your head and you're just packing all this information uh, into it and it sticks because it's this wax, right? And you you get it, you understand it in your head. You may not agree with it, but you, you understand the concepts. But until you're actually up on stage, up on your feet, working off the other person and applying that information, it's not really uh, applicable and useful and actionable. Once you're up on stage and that wax begins to melt and you know, gets all over your body and it gets in you then, you, then you understand it. Then it's something that you can really use. And so yeah. right now we're pa I'm packing the wax you know, yeah. on top of my head with this stuff. And, and, and I think to an extent, right, this, this is a book full of ideas. You know, like it, it is like, a, it's almost values and it's, it's, it's a philosophy to mm -hmm. approach acting more than it being, in my opinion, up to, up to this point anyway, of, of rereading it, more than it being practical steps you can apply. This is more value-based sort of, um, yeah, acting literature, basically. And, and it's very interesting because I heard this the other day, you know, I, I can't remember. I think it was is it Richard Feynman was a scientist and he was like, uh, he told the story about him and his dad going out walking, right? And his dad pointed at a bird and said, that bird is called a so-and-so bird, right? Um, but that's what humans call it. You know, that, that's the name that humans give it. But mm -hmm. actually, to deeply understand that bird, you need to understand the way it flies, the way it walks, the way it does this, the way it does that. And I think there is something as actors that we can be very, very guilty of is calling on, oh, have you read The Actor in the Target? Oh, ha you know, have you read this book by Stanislavski? Understanding it maybe on an intellectual basis, understanding it by name, 
yeah. it, it has no real value, as you say, until you can actually do and, and apply something with it, you know? And, and I think there's something for me anyway within this one that I 100% the idea from it, if I was just even picking one lasting sustaining idea from this book, is definitely to do with this target idea of Declan Donnage, you know, like, and, and, and I mean, this is what the whole book centers around, really. But that, that is something that I definitely have latched onto in probably quite a subconscious way. You know, I, ha I haven't realized just how much that idea sort of latched onto me, like, until I sort of revisited and, and, and understood, oh, we're, we're going to be looking at this this book and just how much it sank in there with it. Um, and that to me is the main applicable part of this this book, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, there's a, I don't know, I have, I don't know, 30 more comments about the introduction. Uh, <laughs> but maybe what, what I'll, what I'll ask is if I could share one one more comment about something that I read in the uh, in the introduction that I liked a lot, um, and then maybe we'll jump into you know the talking about what the actual target is um, for rehearsals. Right, I'm on um, I think I'm on page seven now. Yeah, in rehearsals he says the rehearsal and the unconscious have certain things in common. Both are normally unseen. Both are essential. They are, in their different ways, the four-fifths of the iceberg that are concealed. Mm. And uh, I just started rehearsals um, for, for my next play. Um, on Monday was the first one, and then tonight I got another rehearsal. And it's exactly that. It's uh, all of this hard work that goes in that is unseen. Mm. You know, that produces yeah. the tip of that iceberg and that unconscious that exists, that's unseen, that mm. creates who you are. I just, I, I thought that the comparison of the unconscious and the rehearsal was beautiful. Really, I, really I, I made on uh, some, some notes on that as well. And I, and I think that is, it is, it's finding a way as an actor to be okay with that as well, right? To be okay with the fact that the majority of your work isn't for it's anybody. Good. It's the, it, journey that we're talk, it's the journey that we were talking about at the beginning. Yeah. It, Not only being okay with it, but like, that's what I, I like. I, I, I want that. Love it. Thrive on it. Like, like that to me, like, I love that part of it. Like I love all the underneath sort of journey, like the, the tip of the iceberg stuff, the performance stuff. You know, I like it. Like I enjoy it, but that is not what keeps me going as an actor. Like, like, because it's very short lived, you know, like, uh, and you never truly know like what the audience watching feels about it, thinks about it like that. You shouldn't be doing it for those things. You shouldn't be doing it for admiration, for that applause at the end and all that. Like you should be doing it because you genuinely love the process that goes on underneath of getting together with a group of people and creating a whole world and being part of that world and be able to serve it in the best way you can. Um, and that's the exciting part. And it, yeah, I, I completely concur with that. I think it's a very underrated um, part of the acting process. Like it's maybe an overlooked part of the acting process. And I think it's one that people should embrace because it's going to keep you coming back to acting year after year after year. Like yeah. once you embrace that part, you know? Um, um, I, I think this is intro based, Jared, but what, one other point but just before we move on to the target. Yeah. He said that everybody's talented, that everybody's got this talent coursing through their uh, their veins almost, right? That talent as actors is not a problem, he says, he claims. Um, we've all got it. What actually the problem is, is blockages, is the fact that we block the talent from coming through. 
talent he doesn't hugely define really what what he believes talent is i i, I guess it's it's that sort of raw truthful yeah. uh, you know acting that's connected to another person i'm going to guess is yeah. what he's describing in this context um i guess out of this i was just quite interested to know you know what, what are some under this argument blocks uh, sort of stopping our talent from coming through what are some blocks you've maybe personally faced um in the past and, and that can be recent ones that can be ones long ago and i understand i'm completely putting you on the spot here <laughs> asking you that but. yeah i'm just I'm, I'm cycling through some um some recent productions i, I did uh, speed the plow not too long ago a david mamet play and um the the language um clearly has its own cadence and rhythm and so one of my one of my blocks was um being faithful to the rhythm and the tempo of the language and trusting the writer and the the words and the the tempo of those words to be what leads to tell the story as opposed to me trying to come over the top and so sometimes i i was trying to do a little bit too much and i created my own blocks of being able to tell that moment truthfully where you know sometimes just say the words like they're written and stop doing so much work right yeah. and so i i got in my own way because i thought that this i thought the concept of this particular moment i'm thinking of one particular moment um in, in um the first scene i thought this the, the concept of the moment was one thing but once i got out of the way and i just let the words lead me um I, everything was everything made sense so my block was i I wanted to do it right. I wanted to do it good. I wanted to do it how, how I envisioned it, but that's not what the writer had intended. Yeah. It, isn't that always what it comes back to? Isn't that always a comment? Like, because if you were asking me the same thing, I wouldn't use necessarily like being faithful to the text or anything like that as my example. It, it would maybe be more psychological. I, I, I want to do the best I, I possibly can. I want to, um, you know, <laughs> impress. I want to make an impression. Like that is something maybe... 10 years ago that I was very, very susceptible to. And, it, and it's almost counterintuitive, right? You think like, well, of course I want to be the best I can. Of course I want to be the best. I, that's, that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to be excellent. But the very act of pursuing that can often be the thing that blocks us and gets in the way. And it, I think we can take any microcosm of, of that angle. It's an accent. It's this, it's that. But sure. what it kind of probably boils down to the root at its core is the ego coming through and being like, I have a concept of what I think is good acting, what I think I can, I can do, rather than it just being, I'm yeah. going to embrace this and go on this process, you know? You, you started this conversation with the, the comments about uh, what is talent. Hmm. And um, I think it was Eric Morris that once said, um, tension is suppressed impulses. Hmm. Talented actors have a lot of impulses so the more tension and stress you have sort of equals how talented you really are so if you're full of all this tension you got a lot of talent you're just suppressing those impulses so find ways to get through those blocks through a variety of we talked about instrumental you know uh, exercises to get you through those blocks but yeah those suppressed impulses is, is talent it's in there you just got to let it out absolutely Instrumental preparation, funnily enough, uh, Jared, is uh, episode seven of uh, Two Guys Talking Craft, which is available on Spotify and all good other podcasting platforms. How about that? 
for a little cool. intro there. And uh, great. Um, cool. So I guess we better dive into talking about this, this target. <laughs> do, do you think we're going to get, I don't know, sure. I'm not sure we're going to get through chapter four. By the way, I, I, I know. Hey, uh, you've got to appreciate guys. We are complete newbies to the, the concept of picking apart a book and we really want it to be as valuable as possible. And um, yeah, just, just add, add value to you guys. So um, we might not make it to chapter four. Hey, disclaimer here. We're, we're, we're going to be um, thorough and pick apart these points that we really think, yeah, can be useful to, to you. Yeah. And I actually do. Yeah. have maybe one or two more bits that, could bring up about, about this intro as well, yeah. Um, I like that about the imagination. He talks a little bit about the imagination. He says it is what connects us to reality, like, um, and it is impossible to shut the imagination down. You know, and I like that as an idea. I, I, I think as actors, we can often think we're trying to access and reach and stretch for this thing that is our imagination. Like, um, yeah, again, he doesn't define what he thinks imagination is or, or, or whatever, but that, that this is something that we have to unlock. Whereas his idea is this imagination is always working in the background anyway, you know, um, that thoughts feel like they're all swimming around there in our, in our heads, you know, like, uh, so maybe it's simpler to access it than we think. Yeah. So, not having what his definition of imagination is may be why I'm struggling with, with this. So I, I highlighted that same comment, but earlier in that paragraph, he says, and this is one of those absolutes, um, only the imagination can interpret what our senses relay to our bodies. So only our imagination can interpret what our senses relay to our bodies. And I immediately said, okay, I think, imagination can interpret what our senses uh, are relaying to our bodies, but not only. Mm. What about logic? What about intellect? Mm. You know, like wh where, where does the, the mind and body and the spirit, you know, play into this? Why is it, why is it only the imagination can interpret? Mm. And so th those kind of absolutes, I, I, I take pause and I said, well, what does that actually mean? So having a definition of what imagination is, um, I think might be helpful in, helping me understand this a little bit more because I think my intellect, my experience, my logic, um, my deductive reasoning can help me interpret what my senses are, is trying to relate to my body as well as my imagination. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, and it is quite an abstract concept, right? And, and, and hence why it maybe is that, you know, we always say actors, you have your voice, you have your body, you have your imagination. Like how often do we take the time to define that and talk about yeah. What, what, what comes under the imagination? What, what does the imagination look like? You know, is, is this is this thing that we kind of know? Like, um, but I, I think that's, you know, an important thing that I took away from that is he doesn't define it. And I'm like, what is the definition of imagination as an actor? It's it just something that I, 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 yeah, would like to give some more. It would, would be helpful. Even if we disagree with points, I think that the really cool thing about what we're doing right now is we're stopping. We're, we're so busy we're running from thing to thing and we're actually, we're, we're forcing ourselves to stop and really think about our belief system about what acting is and what this process is. And so, yeah, whether we agree with the points or not, I think may even be secondary to the, the gift of just go like reading the book, going through it and analyzing and giving a lot of thought to how this affects our process, how this affects the way that we work. Yeah. And it's as with anything, right? It's 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 what your individual takeaway is going to be from it, whether it's listening to this podcast or 
reading a book or whatever it's, it's it's what you can take away individually from it and how you can apply it in in your life you know um but great i anything else re-intros until we go into the target here jared that you'd like to make? Uh, there's more but it's all it's more of the same so no i'm i'm good I'm cool. good cool um i oh very quickly though i, I did want to share this little bit and i think it comes in the, yeah, chapter one. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, we're, we're on. I don't know what I'm doing. Chapter one, where um, he brings up common problems that actors sort of uh, face when they feel blocked, when they feel lost. And his argument that the talent is there is the blocks that hold us back, you know. And this is the co- list of common blocks that he feels that actors face. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I want. I don't know who I am. I don't know where I am. I don't know how I should move. I don't know what I should feel. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm playing. I don't know if you spotted a pattern there, guys, but there's a lots of I don't knows. There's lots of uncertainty going on in his common list of problems and blocks that actors face. Um, Can I, I make a comment about, about that? I think um, that comes from a place of looking to have certainty and looking to seek some form of perfection in what, in what you're doing possibly. Um, I feel it can be addressed by rooting yourself in the text. It can be addressed by having a real deep connection with your character and doing some character work. Um, it can also be addressed by having a, a mindset, a natural default mindset of I'm going to be present to this moment and open to the possibilities as well you know um and i'm not going to get caught up and lost in these these thoughts and this little voice that's going on in the back of my head i'm not going to give that the time of day i've done the work if you've done the work i've done the work it's all swimming around in me it's all under the surface i understand my objectives here and i'm just going to play and give myself over to the moment the other actors there's two two out of let's say one two whatever one two three four five six seven eight eight or so i don't knows um most of them are uh, uncertainty just not not yeah just uncertainty but there's two of them that have an extra word in there that jumped out at me that sort of broke the pattern and it's i don't know how i should move and i don't know what i should feel mm. And the, the word should in these two that, that don't exist in the other ones, that's what sort of jumped out at me is, okay, I, I get them all and I agree with them all, but the shoulds take it for me beyond uncertainty mm-hmm. into a realm of there's a right way to do it. There's mm-hmm. something that I, you know, that I should be doing, but I don't know what that, that should thing is, as opposed to just being unaware, mm-hmm. feeling a sense of loss this should thing is like it's it's right or wrong that if i you know i don't know how i should feel well if i knew how i i i should feel then i would be doing it right mm-hmm. it's too much pressure that actors put on themselves that i i should be doing it this way i should be doing it that way i should be moving here no mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's too much if if you're focused on the the should that i should be feeling this that i should be doing that you're not living truthfully in the moment you're pre-planning and calculating the outcome Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, 100% you you, you're split you've split yourself in two you're no longer the actor the character you are you assessing 
allowing your ego to like a, public, like a marionette, you know, just you know, le leading this. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it's a common thing, right? It's it's it's, it's a common thing, and it's also not an easy thing just to switch off. I, I actually think these thoughts and this list that Declan Don's list here will always be swimming around in the background to some extent, no matter how experienced you are. Would that be fair to say, Jared? Sure. Yeah, I think you, you, you wouldn't be human if these things didn't pop up. It's over time with experience, you, you're able to not let them um, put you into a state that you can't function, you know. Whether they're they're ever totally gone or not, you know, I think it comes with time and skill and experience and trust. But even if they do exist, if if you find a way to not allow them to cripple you from doing your job, then if they exist, they exist. Just don't let them cripple you. Exactly, and it and it goes back to this thing we've been saying throughout this whole episode today is it's a journey, and probably in future episodes we'll be saying it as well. It's a practice, you know. Yeah. Some days it will be there more than others. There's these doubts and these uncertainties and these expectations that you place on yourself. And sometimes, some days they'll be there less, you know, but it's, it's important to always, always have ways for you to be able to knock them away, knock them back, you know, uh, swap them like a fly. <laughs> um, fantastic. Um, and, and Jared, I think, you know, we've come to just a, a bit of a, a natural pause at the moment. It's, it's worth just saying, if these folks are enjoying the sort of thing that they are uh, listening to right now, um, we would, hugely appreciate it right we we are here to go on this learning journey together um jared and myself but we also want to take as many of you guys as possible on this learning journey and to you know pass on this information to the community as, as much as we possibly can so um if you would like to drop us a review or drop us um a comment or a message anytime on our social media platforms uh, two guys talking craft uh we would really really hugely appreciate it. and um yeah, we've got a ton of episodes that you can delve back into and, and listen to as well. But I digress, Jared. I digress. I think, are these people... Well said, Adam Hoots. Well said. <laughs> are these people ready to, to rumble with the target? Um, there's actually two more lines that I highlighted just before we get to the target that I wanted to uh, put out there that I, I liked. Um, rules should be two things few and helpful. I mean, how, how much more direct and simple can you get? I love that. Rules should be two things, few and helpful. Yeah. I, I love that. Um, and then the, the last one, which was sort of, you know, in line with what I was saying earlier, he says, whether or not we actually agree with these rules is therefore beside the point. They are not moral absolutes. They work only if they work. <laughs> so mm -hmm. these are theories. These are, you know, again, it's, let's play, you know, let's learn it, let's understand it, and then let's get up on our feet and play. And if they work, they work. If they don't, we understand it. Maybe they'll work, you know, in two years from now when we, when we you know, go back and re-explore it. Yeah, yeah, no, totally, totally. I, I, I like that, yeah, yeah, the, the ability yeah. to be able to throw, throw it away, you know, like yeah. if, we, if we need to. Um, right, so teach me, what is the target, Mr. Coots? So, uh, <laughs> in my opinion, um, and I, I am hugely paraphrasing Declan Donlan's rather articulate phrasing of the target here um but the target in my eyes and in my learning from this is making the other person a bit more important than you now I, I say the person it doesn't have to be a person you know but, it, but it's the thing or that you're communicating to much more important than yourself and me personally right I, as an actor 
as a young actor, um, really put huge pressure on myself to be the best I could be. You know, like like in terms of I was probably quite ego driven without being conscious of it. You know, I, I was striving for perfection and performance. I, you know, although I loved the journey of it all, was always trying to impress with with each moment and I found it very very difficult to let go of those things and that's that's just a personal experience that I maybe had yeah about 10 years ago when I was starting to train and all that stuff and it was a real real shifting point for me letting go of that and I think what the target has represented for me in my life as an actor is that anchor point when I'm feeling lost when I'm feeling stuck in my head when I'm feeling my ego uh, creep in, I managed to shift it all away, like, uh, I don't know, opening the curtains to a sunny, bright day almost. And it allows me just a simple thought, aligning with a simple thought, to feel present again. It allows me to bring myself and bring my attention back to something else rather than me, you know? And it's just this constant tweak. Like if I dip into it, I can, just simply turn a switch and I get back right to it again, you know? Um, so to me, that is, in my experience, what, what the target represents. I mean, Declan Donlan, I just put a little note down saying, you can never know what you are doing as an actor until you first know what you are doing it to, <laughs> which I, I think is a really, really, you know, interesting thought, you know, like that, that quite often, we start from, I'm going to go into this scene and I'm, I'll, I'll do this. And I'll, I, you know, you plan things out or you start to sort of craft a little journey through it and stuff like that. But actually the main, main important thing is who you communicating to, right? Why, why are you speaking <laughs> in the first place? Because you might as well just be reading the phone book if you don't identify that, right? Do you even have phone books in the States? That's maybe a, a very UK reference. <laughs> what, no, what, one of them got actually delivered to my house uh, oh, recently. Okay. Okay. I'm like, what, what a waste of printed material. Maybe you have more phone books than we do in the UK then. Well, well. <laughs> um, uh, what, what's, your, what's your feelings on the, the target, Jared? Yeah, I, I love the concept of putting your focus and your energy outside of yourself Part of it made me really think about some of my original Meisner training, which uh, the philosophy of what you do and how you feel does not depend on you. It depends upon the other person, what the other person is doing um, and how they are affecting you. And so by putting all of your attention externally, you then become very present and everything that you do becomes very purposeful. And so I, all, I always had this image of... Um, the, the target or the other person in this case, uh, in this example, is like the North Star. Mm. It's something that's guiding me. And my relationship to that North Star changes based upon the circumstances that are going on, you know, how aggressively I go towards trying to reach that North Star, um, how I'm being uh, made to feel or move based upon my visibility of it. It's ever-changing nature. My ever-changing nature is this fluid relationship back and forth. But if I don't focus on the external, if I don't focus on what it is that I am destined to, destined toward, then I, I do. I, I become very much inside myself. That's when the, the self-doubt, the self-talk comes up. I relieve my tension. I relieve my stress. And I become very um, honest and, and truthful in my performance by listening and responding to that target 
how is how is what I'm doing affecting them? And in turn, how are they then affecting me, this bi-directionality? It's never just, this is what I want, this is what I'm doing, and you better take it. It may, I, you know, I shouldn't, uh, look at me here, I'm talking absolutes. Sometimes that is what it is, right? But that's not the end of it, right? It, I, I, do, I said never, but yeah. Um, yeah, you're always being affected, there's the absolute again, this give and take. And so putting all of your attention and focus on that target, that external, I think is a beautiful philosophy to get actors out of their head and focused and present in the moment. Mm. And what, um, I think that's lovely, I think it's beautiful, and bringing up that two-way thing as well, you know, that it doesn't just go in one direction, you are receiving as well as, uh, you know, um, given to that target. What do you feel, Jared, because you, you've worked with a number of different actors over the years, yeah, and um, been a coach for them and stuff like that. This can be a quite a scary concept to let go and put all of your attention on an external source, that you are no longer in control of your destiny in a sense, that you, you, you are giving yourself over to another, another thing and trusting that mm -hmm. what you have to give is enough, like trusting that what you have to present in that moment is, is gonna be fine. Like what are common um, struggles and issues that, that actors might have with this when they first start to dance around with this concept a little bit? Yeah, I, th I think it relates to uh, selfishness. Mm -hmm. What I want, how I feel, um, having more importance and more value than the other person or the other thing that is impelling that desire in you. And actors oftentimes put more weight on and value more having a heightened sense of emotion and sharing that emotion. But that's not always the thing that's going to affect the audience. And so I think if you, if you sort of change the, the philosophy of here's, here's my objective, here's what I want, here's what I need, here's what I'm trying to accomplish, this is what I'm fighting for, which are all good concepts to have an understanding of. But if you shift the conversation from that to not only what do I want to give to you, but what do I need you to accept from me and how does that accepting that gift, that thing that I'm giving to you, how does that affect you? And then in turn affect me. I think if you, I've had success helping actors understand the moment and the concept a little bit better by shifting away from my needs, I'm important, uh, you know, feeling something and just have it be between the two people and, and very much like, and you look, you say his name much more beautifully than I do. I say <laughs> Declan Donnellan, but you said Declan Donnellan. Um, <laughs> You know, his concept uh, of, of the target is really, it's that, it's that philosophy. It's, it's, the, it's that thing out there, not internal here. Mm, and and, and I, I love this, that he goes on to, you know, uh, you embellish the target a little bit further. That you, as, as you said, it exists externally, exists outside of yourself. That exists before you even need it. You don't need to yeah. invent it. You know, you yeah. don't need to discover it. It is there. And, you know... Yeah. How freeing is that as an actor to know that this is always going back to that anchor idea, an anchor, anchor point that you don't need to stretch or reach for it. It's out in front of you, you know, like um, that not only is it always there, that is specific, that allows you to move away from generalizing to, to something you can really hone in on and, and, and be specific. And that on top of that, which is a real gift for an, an actor as well, it's an active thing. 
it's 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 a moving target. You know that this target doesn't stay still for long. That yep. you're always able to to gather fresh things from this 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 target that you bring your attention to. Right. It's um which is pretty powerful stuff, right? It's it's like this secret sauce that you can have <laughs> every time you're feeling that, that sense of loss or sense of pressure or expectation. Bring yourself back to that target. And, and, and he says, discover always helps more than invent. And so if you are discovering and rediscovering that target and seeing it in a new way and being affected by it in a new way, that's beautiful than inventing it. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. I like that concept a lot too. I, I think that a lot of um, a lot of the plays that I've been seeing um, recently on Zoom, for sure, um, are void of discoveries. Mm. It's a lot of concept and, and pre-planned acting, and so discovering what that target is and how it affects you over and over and over throughout the play is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. No. A hundred percent. Um, and, and I think, you know, and, and, and we'll wrap up in a little bit here, Jared, but just a further yeah, caveat to, to the target as well, that, that I think is actually a skill just as human beings in the 21st century that we're, we're really quite poor at these days in terms of we don't get a lot of practice in it. You know, he, his argument being that you really see the target. You don't look at it. This isn't a superficial glance. We're saying, like, I'm, I'm looking at it. What's the problem? I, I can see it with my eyes <laughs> that you are actually seeing the thing that you're, is in front of you. And to me, the difference between seeing and, and, and looking, seeing is that you're fully present, that you, you don't have any sort of uh, thoughts that are swimming around that are, you know, superfluous or anything like that. that you're literally present with that person. And you're seeing them and you're allowing yourself to be affected by them. And you just need to look around any public spot maybe not in the COVID-19 days but any public spot you see everybody's heads in their phones and stuff like that and, and they're there like physically there but are they really present are they really embracing all that's around them you know and like I think that wow like is is a real takeaway you know a real thing to think about I, when I'm on stage am I actually seeing the person in front of me or am I looking at them and thinking what, what's my next line <laughs> or am I looking at them and thinking why, why can't you be a better actor? Or, you know, are you accepting this is yeah. who you've got in front of you, you know? Yeah, what do you say, you know, can, can you be a better actor? Can I be a better actor? That, that self-talk. <laughs> but I, I want to expand a little bit on um, some of the terminology that you just shared, which is, is accurate. Looking versus seeing um, and being affected by that. I think if, if actors can go into this, that it's not just visually seeing, but seeing with all of your senses, being affected by the smell, by the touch, by the sounds, by the taste of everything, seeing it through all five senses is how you are affected, right? If you're just talking about with the, the visual sense, that's not how we live. We're, you know, when we're out and about in life, we see and are affected by all of our senses. Mm-hmm. We hear something and it triggers something in us right? We, we see those memories come back when we hear that song pop in, you know, pop on the radio. Mm. So it's not, yeah, it's not just the eyes, it's everything. It's mm. all senses being affected. Yeah, it's opening up everything, right? And it, it, it open up your, your heart as well to an extent, right? Um, but no, uh, fantastic, Jerry. I mean, we were very ambitious. We said we'd, we'd, we'd work through four chapters. I mean, we, once we, we start... We got through two. I, I mean, I have one, two... 
three, four, five. I've got seven more comments in chapter two, Adam. <laughs> we have to do better. We have to, we got to do a better job. Hey, guys, you know what? It's our first time. We, we, we learn as we go. And I think that's, that's part of it, isn't it? Just, just giving yourself over to, to doing, embracing, embracing it. Yeah, we, we were present, Jared. We were in the moment. Yes, we, were. we were truthful yeah. to our intentions. You were very much my, my target. And I was allowing you to affect me. And uh, hopefully in turn, I was yeah. affecting you as well. Yeah, and, uh, this is what happens, right? But, but sometimes we veer off the map and that's fine. We, we were playing. <laughs> well, um, I don't know if we veered off the map. We just didn't get to the destination that we had set out at the beginning of it. We're, uh, yeah. We did good. We did uh, intro one and two. We define what, you know, what the target is. We, um, yeah, well, we, we, we've got a journey to go on. 100% Jared. And if you listen to this podcast, guys, that is what we're all about. Not the destination, but the journey that we're, we're going on together. So we're going to pick up with Declan Donlan's Actor on the Target Part 2 at some point. But Jared, uh, if these guys liked the sort of thing that they were listening to, um, sure. we've been talking about, and uh, as we say here in the UK, the cut of our jib. That just means the kind of the cut of our jib, the kind of stuff we've been talking about. Um, where can they find us out there on the interweb? Uh, well, my jib is cut and stored uh, <laughs> at the actorsapproach.com. Is probably the best place to go. the The podcast, the Two Guys Talking Craft podcast, is uh, available on one of the tabs at the website uh, actorsapproach.com. Um, my uh, regular blog is there as well. So come visit me at actorsapproach.com. Fabulous. And uh, if you want to catch me in and around, um, you can find me on Unstoppable Acting Studio on Instagram and on Twitter. And uh, please, if you got value uh, from today's podcast, we'd hugely appreciate you dropping us a message sometime, letting us know what you thought. And uh, it would absolutely make our day, even if you just to share the podcast with one friend out there that you think would get value from it. We want to grow, you know, this community as big as we can and offer as much value as we can as well. And of course, there's the two guys talking uh, craft Instagram. You can grab us on there as well. But Jared, on uh, this night, the uh, the evening where perhaps you'll get a new president in your country. We will see. I, I, there's, a, there's a few more states that are still waiting to be finalized, but we will see. We'll see. I, I, I wish you all the very best with your whoever your new leader uh, might end up being and a, and a happy evening. Nothing exciting like that going on in Scotland tonight. It's just dark and cold like it <laughs> usually is. But Jared, as always, take care, my friend. Until Thank next you, time, uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye.